It's the dictionary. 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 Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. My name is Spencer. If you didn't know, it's not like I have it in the name or the logo or anything. Maybe I'll do that someday. What's up, everybody? How are you doing? Today, I'm recording this on October 3rd, 7.03 a.m. And happy, uh, well, it's way gone for you, but happy uh, Halloween season, spooky season, spooktober, all of those things. This is the best time of year. We like to watch uh, the horror movies and have, have the sp- spooky decorations, and it's just an excuse to be the way that a lot of us are year round. Now, not that I'm, a, I'm not like a goth person. I don't like, but I do have, you know, I'm wearing like a Tim Burton shirt, and there's a lot of creepy stuff in there, and I've always sort of enjoyed that stuff. So it's just a fun time. It's a fun time to talk about, uh, talk about death. It's like it's, it's culturally okay to talk about death during Halloween time and it's just getting bigger and bigger I mean it used to be just one day and then it's all of October but now it's also September and November and a lot of us are very happy right now but of course you're listening to this or watching this probably in November late November possibly I don't know exactly when so hello everybody how are you doing what's up let's do this uh, please rate and review this show. Um, these are on YouTube now, so you can you know like and thumbs it up and comment and share. And then also, of course, this is still on uh, all of the audio platforms, so go ahead and rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts and all of the other places. Maybe you're a Spotify person. Maybe there's a thing over there that you can hit five stars on. Uh, let's see. Email me, dictionarypod at gmail.com. If you want to say anything, if you have your own, like a, a theme song, a sound effect, uh, anything, go ahead and email it to me. Um, what else? Social media at dictionarypod. Instagram, threads, x slash Twitter. I'm still doing those. I got a Facebook page too. The Dictionary. Go find it. Comment on posts. Send me DMs, whatever you want to say. What else? Share this, obviously. Uh, you can join the Patreon. So at the, I'm hoping by the time this airs, I think I'm going down to just $1 a month. That's it. That gets you early episodes. You get the videos early um, and the audio early. Whichever one you want is fine. And uh, then and that's what you get. And uh, there, there may be some exclusives, too, that are Patreon only. Um, for like, for instance, if a guest doesn't want their video on the YouTube, I uh, will probably put it on the Patreon. If they're not okay with that, you don't get it. But I, I would like to do some exclusives for Patreon because you're, you're giving me directly money. You're directly giving me money. So you should get something right. In addition to early episodes, um, merchandise, there's a merchandise link in the show notes. It's a T public link. And there's a Google Voice number. You can call it and leave a message, and I'm going to put it in an episode unless you say no. I think it's 917-727-5757. Okay, big intro today. Let's get into the words. We have empire. E-M-P-I-R-E. Noun from the 14th century. 1A1. These are, these are uh, beefy definitions. A major political unit having a territory of great extent 
or a number of territories or peoples under a single sovereign authority, especially one having an emperor as chief of state. An area that has somebody called an emperor who's running the show, that would be an empire. And yes, of course, we had emperor in the previous episode. Um, major political unit. Is We're just talking about an area, right? Just a physical area. It's the empire. But it sounds like an empire can be an emperor. Ev- an empire can be an empire, even if they don't have an emperor. Can that be true? Because it says especially one having an emperor as chief of state. Major clinic unit having a territory of great extent or a number of territories or peoples under a single sovereign authority. That's the thing. That's what it is. They're all under one person is ruling it. And very likely they would be called an emperor. 1A2, the territory of such a political unit. Uh, so this is the one, number 1A, 1A2 is the one talking about the physical area. And then 1A1 is talking about the political unit. What is that? The government? The the political side of things? I don't know. It's, a, it's less physical. It's less tangible. 1B, something resembling a political empire, especially an extensive territory or enterprise under single domination or control. Oh, I got a little like a yawny thing going on there. And I was like, no, I got to chug through the words. So it resembles an empire, a political empire. Um, extensive territories, enterprise under... I. It's That's the whole idea of an empire, is that it's under con- the control of one person, one thing, one entity of some kind. Hmm. How can we not think of the empire in the Star Wars universe? Uh, I am I am a fan of all of them, um, of that whole world, but I don't dig into all of the things. I haven't read the books. I don't watch them over and over again. You know, I just know I just know the the basics. We got the Emperor Palpatine, who I think was a senator beforehand, and he's con- controlling the empire. How did the empire come to be? I don't know any of that stuff. Okay, number two. Imperial sovereignty, rule, or dominion. Imperial. What does that mean? Imperial seems like it's related to empire, but it starts with an I. So we can't learn about that one yet. Imperial sovereignty, rule, or dominion. That's an empire. Number three is capitalized, and it has its own etymology too. A juicy apple... This is not, I did not see that coming. A juicy apple with dark red skin that is a cross between a Macintosh and a red delicious apple. And let's talk about the etymology because what? It's an empire. We're talking about all these other things and then we talk about apples. Um, I, ha- I have a couple apples in my bag and I'm going to eat them today. Um, okay, this is from Empire State, which is the nickname for New York State. I didn't know that it was called Empire State. So, okay, it's got the Empire State Building. The Empire State Building. Now, which came first, though? 
I think it was called the Empire State before the building was named because you, you, you're not going to call it the Empire State Building when the state is not the Empire State. That just seems silly. Why is it called the Empire State? Do we need to look this up right now? Why and why Empire? This is, this is the... Yeah, there we go. Why and why Empire State? New York was given its distinctive Empire State moniker in 1784, an acknowledgement of its vast economic clout evidenced by bustling seaports and vibrant commercial enterprises reminiscent of an empire in making. So, some people say the reason for the nickname is New York's importance in American history. So does that mean that it's a major political unit having a territory, blah, 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 blah? Is it controlled by an emperor? No. That is kind of interesting. They're like, this place is going to be an empire, so we're going to call it the Empire State. Most people probably don't even know what that means. Hmm. Some say the nickname was given due to New York's wealth and resources or to New York exceeding Virginia in population. Yep, that's a reason to call a place the Empire State. Okay, what's the rest of the etymology? Uh, this is from the Latin imperium, which means absolute authority or empire. That's the absolute authority. If a place is run by one thing, one person, one do thing, whatever, man, woman, child, they have absolute authority over this area. Um, also from imperare, which means to command. And there's more of the word emperor. Listen to the previous episode. That is empire. Now, I need to make a sound effect. Oh, I'm just going to go. Next is empire again. Now, you can say ampere. You can say empire. That's the same pronunciation as the previous word. Uh, but this one has a capital E. And I don't know... Now, maybe this is the New York State thing. I don't know. And also, why doesn't it say first form, second form? Okay, ampere. That's the proper way to say it. Adjective from 1860 of relating to or characteristic of a style as of clothing or furniture popular in early 19th century France. France! Uh, this is obviously a French word. And it looks like, let's see, it says in parentheses, le premier, and then it says empire, and it says the that's the first empire of France. Le premier, that would be the first, but is this a person? Is this, who, what, what are we talking about here? Empire is the first emp empire, empire of France. Um, it's, I, I don't have enough context. It's a little confusing. Um, but it's a style of style of stuff, of designs, clothing, furniture, those types of things at that time period, the 19th century. So this is the 1800s in France. And uh, yes, this word says it's from 1860. So that matches up perfectly. Good job, math. <laughs> Next is now how... The, yes, Empire Day. Now, as I thought, is this Empire Day or is it Empire Day? It's Empire Day. Two words. The first letters are capitalized. Noun from 1902. The synonym is Commonwealth Day. 
and this is used before the official adoption of Commonwealth Day in 1958. So there was an official adoption of Commonwealth Day in 1958. I don't know what that is exactly. I don't remember reading it here, but we can do a quick look. Common. Now, is this in America? I feel like I would have heard about it if it was in America. Let's see. Um, but then the name before that was Empire Day. And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Because we don't, we're not really a commonwealth, America. That's the whole thing about the Revolutionary War is that we were like, no, we're not going to be part of your British stuff. We're going to be independent. So Commonwealth Day is the annual celebration of the Commonwealth of Nations since 1977, often held on the second Monday in March. And so the next one is March 11th, 2024. And uh, is there a list of like, who, who observes this? Observance, the UK, British Overseas Territories, Australia, Canada, other Commonwealth countries. I guess they're not important enough to list them out. There's just others. Uh, let's see. Interesting. So yeah, it's been going, I guess, since before 1958. Now, yeah, the his there's a history here. Uh, ba -ba -ba. It was first suggested in 1894, 1895. Oh, there's too much to read. It was introduced in the UK in 1904. That's Empire Day. Okay, good to know. Empire Day sounds a little bit more... Um, empiric empirical we're talking about those words in a second i don't know commonwealth has less judgment behind it maybe empire feels like you know they're creating this big empire going around taking over uh, countries and so they were creating a big old empire so that's why they called it empire day <laughs> next is empiric this is a noun from 1562, number one. The synonym is the number two definition for the word charlatan. Hmm. And number two, one who relies on practical experience. This is a person, one who relies on practical experience. Uh, I, I like that. I like, you know, you got to do something practically in the real world. Uh, instead of reading about it or thinking about it or being told how to do it, you got to do it. That's how you really learn a thing. I rely on that. An empiric. And a charlatan, that sounds like, I think of somebody as being um, being fake, using using tricks, being all tricksy, and uh, not, 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 for, for very, for very selfish uses. Um, okay, this word is for I don't I don't know how charlatan connects to somebody relying on practical experience. I think those are different. Unless there's I don't know what the number 2 definition is though. Empiric etymology it is from the Greek word empirikos which is a doctor relying on experience alone. That is a very specific definition for that word. A doctor relying on experience alone. So like experience alone it's like you not not your teaching not your readings only your experience only this doctor only relies on their own experience i don't totally agree with that i think if somebody else has experienced something and they can teach you about it you might not ever experience it but they're not wrong um it is from imperia which means experience from 
the N prefix plus piron, which means to attempt. Ah, okay. You're attempting a thing. Once you attempt it, you have experienced it. And there's also more at the word fear. Yes, it can be scary to attempt something for the first time and experience a new experience. So that's what empiric is all about. It's all about experience. Hmm. Practical experience? A charlatan. I don't know how charlatan. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's it for empiric. But now we have a related word. <sighs> Empirical. You can also spell this one just empiric. This is an adjective from 1569. One, originating in or based on observation or experience, as in empirical data or data, or empiric data or empiric data. So um, I've heard of this used in science talking, but I don't think I ever really like knew specifically what does that mean, empirical. I know generally the idea, but it, it's all about experience. It's been observed with experience. It was experienced and observed. Number two, relying on experience or observation alone, often without due regard for system and theory, as in an empirical basis for the theory. So it seems like, depending on the context, it, you might not want your sciencey stuff to be totally empirical, because you need you need you need all of the information to 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 finish the thought, to finish the scientific theory, go through all of the scientific method, and figure out what the conclusion is. Um, Mm -mm. Okay, so number three is capable of being verified or disproved by observation or experiment, as in empirical laws. Capable of being verified or disproved by observation. And that is the key thing about this word and empiric, is that it's about observation and experiencing the thing firsthand. First hand. On the second hand, number four of or relating to empiricism, which is coming up. Um, empirically is an adverb. You want to do things empirically sometimes. And uh, there's no etymology because we talked about it in the previous word. The next word is empirical formula. Two words, noun from 1878. A chemical formula showing the simplest ratio of elements in a compound rather than the total number of atoms in the molecule, as in CH2O is the empirical formula for glucose. Glucose looks like you take water and you add carbon to it. One carbon to one water and you got glucose. I guess? Okay, so empirical chemical so that so that is the name i guess of those things i i throughout this whole process this whole podcast every time we come up with some, come to one of these things that lists out all of these um these atoms that that is called the empirical formula and i will try to remember that for all of us going forward um the simplest ratio of elements in a compound so you're taking it down to its base level what is the base thing it's kind of like a a, a cocktail you say one part this and two parts this. So it doesn't matter 
how many ounces of each thing. It's a ratio. It's one one vodka to two parts gin. That might be a weird drink, but some people might like it. And so it could be one ounce vodka, two ounce gin. Maybe let's let's use um, other things. Let's use orange juice and Pepsi. Uh, one ounce orange juice, two ounces of Pepsi. But it, because it's a ratio, you can scale it up or down. So you can go a half ounce of orange juice and one ounce of Pepsi. The ratio is the same. So here in this empirical formula, the base ratio is one C, one carbon, two H's, which is hydrogen, and one oxygen, O. And you can make a whole bunch of those. You can multiply those by a many, whatever factors you want. You could have five C's, which means you have to have 10 H's, which means you have to have five O's. And at that point, you're basically just combining a bunch of glucose molecules together. Empirical formula. Good stuff. Let's put a link in the show notes for empirical formula. Next is empiricism. Noun from 1657. 1A. A former school of medical practice founded on experience without the aid of science or theory. Okay. A former school. So we don't do this anymore, I guess. This, This medical or school practice. Um, and it's all about experience without the aid of science or theory. Okay, that that seems like you're you're missing a lot. If you're not using science or theory, then you're you, yeah. Th- that you're you, this is a lack. There's a lack of education possibilities here. I think. Okay, one B. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. The synonyms are quackery and charlatan charlatanery is that how you say that charlatanery charlatan with an ry charlatanry that's probably it yeah at quackery you're a quack you're crazy you're you're not right you're you're bonkers i don't know how else we want to describe that you're a charlatan you're fakey fakey fake fake hmm that is that is a very interesting i'm i'm curious about how this connects to like are people saying that if you if you're relying only on observation and experience, then you're a quack, you're a charlatan. Interesting. Two a, the practice of relying on observation and experiment, especially in the natural sciences. So you are relying on observation, which is is very important. It is very important to observe things directly and experience them. Observation and experiment, especially in the natural sciences. Not the unnatural sciences. Not the cryptozoology. 2b. A tenet arrived at empirically. So something probably in science, I would think, that you got to empirically, which means basically you, you used observation and experience to get there. And that is a tenet. That is a thing, a thought process, a whatever it is. Uh, And that's called an empiricism. Three, a theory that all knowledge originates in experience. A theory... Okay, we're going to turn this on. I don't know if this is the right mode, but we're turning that on, on the watch. Um, A theory that all knowledge originates in experience. I'm trying to think, like, does that make sense? Um, well, 
I guess, I guess, how would you learn something if it wasn't experienced? Now, you can, ex- you can learn something from somebody else's experience, but that knowledge already existed because somebody else experienced it. So, hmm, interesting. Uh, maybe empiricism for this. We got to put a link in the show notes for this one. Empiricism, which is a theory that all knowledge originates in experience. And like, what is what is the what is the what does the world have to say? What does the Wikipedia have to say about that? Are there people who say no, that doesn't make any sense? And why does it not make any sense? Because I can't really think of it in the in the in on the the top of the dome at the moment. Hmm. <laughs> Next is emplace, E-M-P-L-A-C-E, transitive verb from 1865, to put into position, place it right there, as in missiles emplaced around the city. Oh, oh good, we're now putting missiles around the city. What are they, just random missiles on the sidewalk? Just not in a, a thing that can shoot them. Just just missiles here. We, we, it's, this, it's the t- city of missiles. It's Missile City. Um, okay, interesting. Interesting example. You got to emplace. But wh- why, why can't you just say place? I feel like this is old. Well, it is from 1865, and that's pretty old. Uh, it's, it's from emplacement, which is our next word emplacement noun from 1802 one the situation or location of something where has it been emplaced over there at its emplacement the situation or location the situation of something or the location of something two a prepared position for weapons or military equipment as in radar emplacements so, yes, it seems like this word um, definitely has a military leaning, right? Three, a putting into position, and the synonym is placement. So, if you are putting a thing into position, it's its, it's placement. I am placing my phone, which I, I got, I, I found an old case. I had, I had this case, and then I replaced it with the case that had my dictionary logo on it. And that got all messed up, and I took it off, and it's not in great shape. But then I put this other one on. Right on time, October 1st, this is a Van Gogh skull painting with a cigarette in its mouth, which is, it's, I, lo- I love it. So I finally have a case, and I'm going to place it right over here on the desk. That's this placement. I have emplaced it on the table at the desk. Uh, let's see. This is from Middle French, emplacer, which means to emplace. And that's pretty much it. That's its place, the place for the thing. I don't really think people use this. Maybe the military. <sighs> Next is implane. It's a variation of N plane with an N instead of an M. Why do we have letters that sound so similar? They're right next to each other in the alphabet and they look very similar. It's like you're just asking for confusion with these two letters, and they're often interchangeable, which makes it even more confusing. M plane, N plane. I think you emphasize the plane, though. So is this getting on a plane? I would think so. A plane that flies through the air.
Next is employ. Uh, first form, transitive verb from the 15th century. Number one, A. To make use... To make use of... Oh, that's... Okay. To make use of, that's the definition. But the example of... I guess what you're making use of would be someone or something inactive. You're making use of something or someone that is inactive. Like my brain. I am employing my brain. As in, employ a pen for sketching. So you're using a thing that previously before you used it was not being used for anything. But now you're using it. And so it's very happy. When I, when I start up in the morning, I get ready. Oh, this is a long episode. Jesus. Um, when I get all my stuff ready, I pick up this microphone that was previously unemployed, and now it has been employed in my usage. I am emplacing it in my hand. Okay. 1B. To use, as time, advantageously, as in a job that employed her skills. They're using her skills in the smartest way possible. 1C1, to use or engage the services of. Employ it, because you got to use it. It's, it's, it's special skills. You want to use those. 1C2, to provide with a job that pays wages or a salary. And it seems like this is the one that you would have put first. This is the one that we think of usually when we employ people. You pay them wages to do a thing but you got it way down at 1C2. Okay, number two. To devote to or direct toward a particular activity or person, as in employed all her energies to help the poor. Well, that, that's a good use of your energies. She gathered all of, all of her energies up into a bundle and just gave them to the poor. Um, okay, the synonym is the word use. Or use, I guess that depends on the context. Employer is a noun. And the etymology is from, let's see, Anglo-French, employer, which means to entangle. Oh, so if you're, if you're being employed, you're being entangled with something. Or also apply or make use of. Uh, this is from the Latin implicare, which means to enfold or involve which is from in plus plicare, which means to fold. And there's more at the word ply, P-L-Y, like your toilet paper is one ply, and that's bad toilet paper. But it's cheap, but you have to use it two or three times as much, or you use two or three times of it to get the right job done. Employ, entangle, apply, make use of, using a thing, enfolding, enfolding, yeah, it's all about use a thing, done. The second form of employ is a noun from 1666. You can emphasize the first or the second syllable. Number one, A, the synonyms are use and purpose. Or, yeah, use and purpose, employ. One B, the synonyms are occupation and job. What's your employ? My employ at the moment is uh, doing a lot of video work. I sit in front of a computer most of the time. Um, 
it would be it would be very interesting to uh, to have this whole YouTube or podcast or acting thing be my employee, but it is not at the moment. Number two, the state of being employed, as in in the city's employee. Now that's I think where you would you would say employee, in the city's employee. Otherwise, I think a lot of these other ones you might say employee. Hmm, depends on the context. <laughs> Employable is next. First form. Adjective from 1593. Capable of being employed. Employability is a noun. There are some people who are not employable for whatever reason. And depending on that context, uh, that it's a, either a problem or they're just physically unable to do a job. And so hopefully they're getting disability from the government so they can still make money to uh, to to pay for things, to pay for rent, to pay for food, and I don't think they get enough in disability. Um, but uh, but they are not technically employable, so they need to need to make money somehow. Good thing we have a system in place. Whether it's not whether I don't know if it's the greatest system, but it's something, and so maybe we can make it better. There's probably people working on that. <laughs> the second form of employable is a noun from 1934, and it is one who is employable. One who is employable is called an employable. It's an, I, guess, I guess, I guess. Next is employee. You can say employee or employee or a couple other variations. Um, this... Oh, ooh, interesting. Now, I've never seen this before. Usually, when you have something like this where you got you, you got the E sound, it's spelled with two E's at the end, but there's an alternate spelling that only has one E. Employee, employee, employee. This is a noun from 1822. One employed by another, usually for wages or salary, and in a position below the executive level. So I guess if you're an executive, you can't be called an employee because the employees work for you. So who are you? You are the boss? You are the emperor? Hopefully not an emperor. Interesting. I am an employee. I've always been an employee. I, th I will probably always be an employee. Well, maybe not. Last word. <laughs> Employment. Noun from the 15th century. One, synonyms are use and purpose, which we saw earlier in the word employ, I think. Yes. 2A, activity in which one engages or is employed. <laughs> kind of a funny way to word that. Activity that you engage in um, or that you're employed in, I guess, as in seeking gainful employment. You're, you're looking for a job. 2B, an instance of such activity is the employment. 3, the act of employing, also the state of being employed. If you have a job, you are an employee, you have been employed, you have an employment. As in, employment of a pen in sketching. Oh, great callback dictionary. That's fantastic. Thank you for bringing the pen for sketching back into this. I don't do enough sketching. I used to sketch doodle all the time.
Uh, employment of a pen in sketching. A synonym is the word work. It's just work. What's your work? What's your job? What do you do? What's your occupation? All right. I got to pick a word of the episode. Let's do this fast. We had empire, empire, empire day, empiric, empirical, empirical formula, empiricism, in place, emplacement, implain, employ, employ, employable, employable, employee, and employment. Um, I'm just going to pick empirical formula as the word of the episode because I was the thing that I've been wondering about, the name for all those letters and numbers, and now I know, and so do you. Now you know what empirical formula is. Now you know. Okay, that's it. Um, should I quickly, quickly mention another movie that I watched? I got to load up the thing, the list. Um, I think I mentioned Haunting of Venice, Haunting in Venice. Oh, Dumb Money. Dumb Money is, uh, whew, they made this movie fast. This is all about the, uh, the GameStop stock situation and how it got started and what happened. And, ooh, it's a fascinating story, and I only knew just a little bit of it, and I don't understand all the money talk, but it's fascinating and funny and interesting and uh, yeah, I think it's a good it's a good one to watch. I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but it, I mean it's got big names: Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Nick Offerman. Uh, those oh, um, that dude that I always forget the name of. Peter, Pete, Pete, Pete. It's Pete. This has been Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.